This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, March 16th, and this is your four by five episode. Four writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. On this show, we will discuss the aftermath of Kyrie Irving's monster 60-point game, some surprising late-season options who may prove to be fantasy league winners, plus the latest on some names of note in the Indiana Pacers rotation, and on the eve of the NCAA tournament, we'll have a little March Madness preview here. All of that and more is coming up. Starting now, as we welcome in Steve Alexander. Steve, Ryan Knaus was a late scratch due to a non-COVID illness. You're stepping in. And interestingly enough, I think the first item on Ryan's agenda was to take a bit of a victory lap after that Kyrie Irving 60-point game against you in the finals of a league. Matt, first of all, before we get into things that upset me, <laughs> I was, I was, we did a little pregame and, and a couple of your, your guests that are coming on after me apparently are, are working out of the same living room area. And mm-hmm. I saw Tom's background his living room and i was all prepared to come in here and say one day i want to live in a grown-up house like like tom's and he's got the baby grand piano back there he's got the friggin' stone fireplace he, i mean it looks like sure. he's in a really nice house and then i then you you sound check matt or zach and it's the exact same thing apparently these guys are using some high-tech green screen whatever he, i i'll prefer to sit in my mom's attic in the, in the middle of nowhere with some shoes behind me, Matt. You too could have that living room, Steve. It's, it's a few short steps away. I can help you out offline. So I look at Ryan's roster yesterday. He's got Kyrie Irving on mm-hmm. his bench. I'm like, man, I hope he forgets to put him in. Maybe he forgets that he's playing on the road tonight. Well, no, he, he put him in and not only did my my kid Soren's like, hey, uh, Kyrie's got forty at halftime. I'm like, yeah. oh, fantastic! Um, and they, thank goodness I've got Javale McGee to to go up against to to combat. That, that should with. offset it. And then not only did he score sixty points, and I'm sitting here watching that game, dude. And there's eight and a half minutes left in the game, and he's still out there balling out and. They could have easily left him out there for eight and a half more minutes. They could have let him try to score 100 points, and he might have been able to do it because no one on the Magic even tried to stop him. He was doing everything so effortlessly. If he drove, he just hung in the air for a minute, put it off the glass. Everything was going in. He ended up shooting 92% from the free throw line, 65% from the floor. Yeah. So not only did I get railroaded in points, but – the field goal percentage is going to be tough for me to catch. The free throw percentage is going to be tough for me to catch. But, you know, I'm only down six threes. I'm down uh, like 65 scoring points. I'm only down four rebounds. 
I'm way up in assists and blocks, which is weird because my only two centers are JaVale McGee and Hassan Whiteside. But, you know, Trenton Watford blocked a bunch of shots. Mm-hmm. Tonight will be the first night I've got Luca and LaMelo going at the same time. But I tell you what, this game was a lot easier when I, my centers were Jared Allen and Miles Turner to go along yes. with Luca and LaMelo than it is with Hassan Whiteside and JaVale McGee. Well, Ryan told me he is – Obviously, it's the finals of that league. As we said, Ryan is dropping Kyrie Irving as soon as he's able oh, to yeah. because in that league, he's done. I mean, Kyrie Irving has two home games left this week, right? So that was his only game of the week, 60 points in his only game. And crazy that on back-to-back nights, we saw 60-point games this week after Carl Anthony Towns put up 60 on Monday. And Kyrie only has three games left that are not in New York. So out of the 14 games the Nets have left, he can only play in three of them, and that's that's if, you know, the mayor doesn't lift the, the mandate. Now, right. I, I think it, it'll be hilarious to me that once the playoffs start and the Nets are in the playoffs, the mandate will suddenly go away and Kyrie will play everywhere. Also, it's interesting, I saw on Twitter that Kyrie is practicing with the team in Brooklyn, which I don't think he's allowed to do that, but there, uh, apparently no one is enforcing that rule. By the way, note to self, when Kyrie is playing, don't use Kevin Durant over him in DFS. I mean, Kyrie has 50 and 60 in two of his last three games. I mean, what what was I thinking? What was I thinking? That's exactly what I did last night. I got down to the last spot. I'm like, oh, I'll just plug Kevin Durant in there. If I would have plugged in Kyrie Irving, I would have won yeah. a bunch of money. We got 30 seconds left, Steve. 30 seconds left. I got something else. Um, Brandon, I think it's Rob R is how you pronounce it, posted a tweet last night. It's like SGA is questionable for Wednesday, and if he's out, you know what that means. And he posted this incredible gif of uh, Pokushevsky like doing some kind of chicken dance, and uh, it, dude, I love it so much. And and then some other Twitter user was like, "Yeah, if if SGA is questionable, he always sits." So it's Poku time, Matt. This could be the one. This could be. The- the one we've wow. been waiting for. You need you need a twenty seven point game. We're we're a week or two late, but also I, I've got my Indiana hat on. Go Hoosiers! They played their way in. They're gonna they're gonna win a couple games All in right. this tournament. Tom will, Tom will even back me up. <laughs> we'll on we'll that. find out that in a few minutes time. But Steve, we're now gonna move to uh, our next guest. So thanks for stopping by. I I didn't I didn't hear the alarm. It went off. Did it go off? It went off. Yeah. I'll see you. All right, Zach Hanshu is here. Zach, I think your premise, if I'm not mistaken, is you want to talk about some late season fantasy options. Maybe who we uh, we're not quite expecting to be winning our leagues for us. Is that a good way to sum it up? Um, no, I'm actually. I, I think it's a little bit different. Maybe I didn't explain it quite well um, okay. when we were talking before this. I don't. I don't read things. I don't read emails. So I. That, that That's okay, issue. man. Um, I, I kind of wanted to just do like a, a almost like a retrospective. Like we're going to touch on some later season options as well, who have really you know maybe helped out fantasy managers late in the season. But I also kind of wanted to do a retrospective. So this is a great segue from Doctor A, who I really I was anticipating getting through a segment with him without hearing anything about the Thunder, but unfortunately that didn't happen. <laughs> The Kyrie premise, he went off for 60, and so it got me thinking, who are the league winners this season? Who, Which players are going to be on the most fantasy you know, championship teams? And is Kyrie Irving one of them? So that kind of got the, the wheels turning. I started smelling smoke and thinking about, you know, is Kyrie Irving really a league winner after that 60-point game just because he's been, 
you know, unavailable most of the season. He's been incredible when he's been available. I mean, easy first round value when he's in your lineup. Mm -hmm. But can you consider a guy like that a, you know, a league winner or a guy that's going to be on a lot of fantasy championship teams because he sat on in your IR spot for most of the season or on your bench? Right. Uh, Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it just it really all comes down to what kind of roster you were able able to build around him, right? I mean, it yeah, it's great that he got you sixty, but you're getting one game from him this week. So who is going into that lineup spot becomes a big question, right? I mean, so yeah, I guess he could be, but I, I don't I don't know how much credit we can give him when he comes in and over the course of weeks scores sixty points. That's a good week, I guess. Pretty decent week in one night, but you have to you know, it, it, the work isn't done there, if that makes sense. So, no. I think I'm thinking about it, no. I don't think of Kyrie as a league winner, but I do think of, I do think it's a very interesting question, did that draft pick pay off for people? And I think that argument has kind of gained some steam, right? That the risk there has paid off to some extent, even though I think it's still a pretty frustrating situation in terms of fantasy. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I think you summed that up pretty well. So, uh, in agreement on that one just a couple other guys in the studs category i think that are going to be on a lot of Mm -hmm. championship rosters uh carl anthony towns 60 points on monday yeah you know you drafted him in the first round and he's giving you that first round value not a major jump in value but you know he's certainly giving you what you need um i think the same can be said for Embiid and certainly for Jokic. right so if Mm -hmm. you had that first overall pick and just went with Jokic. Um, it doesn't usually happen like that, right? Where you draft number one and the guy you pick ends up being the number one player as expected. So, you know, I think that definitely saved people, um, especially if you drafted at number one, you got Jokic. Whereas if you drafted at the turn, you ended up with a guy like Dame, PG, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. guys who ended up just tanking your roster for most of the season. As for Embiid, I think that's a really interesting case because people who drafted him in fantasy are are making out great, right? I mean, right. But would you do it again next year? For me, that's that. I, I think I'd have the same approach next year, where I'm going to approach him with caution again. Someone else, let someone else gamble on him because I do think it's a gamble given his injury history, right? He's he's always, I think, one tweak away from missing multiple weeks. So. I think I'll stay away again and just take the penalty if I lose. I guess if Embiid, but but see, now he won't fall to the second round, right? I was about to say, if he's going to fall to the second round, I'd do it. But he's not going to. He's going to be a top half of the first round pick, I think, next year, based on what he did this year and how durable he's been relative to his career. Yeah, I think that's fair, man. It's all it's always based on, you know, the cost to draft. So yeah, I think he'll be end up being a top five, probably top five or six pick this, you know, this upcoming year. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean he's kind of he has like the Chris Paul effect. I mean, you know, if he gets injured, uh, he's probably gonna miss a bunch of time and and cause you a lot of headaches. But if he's available as Chris Paul has been, as Embiid has been, um, you know, they're gonna give you that easy first round value. Um, and Embiid's been a top five player this season, so um, yeah, absolutely. Um, just a couple others, man. Uh, like I said, I just kind of wanted to to touch on some of these who I thought might be on a bunch of championship winning rosters. I thought it was interesting to note rookies, Scotty Barnes, taken outside of the 10th round, third mm-hmm. round value over the last two weeks. Evan Mobley has returned a ton of value, as you know. Franz Wagner, mm-hmm. uh, undrafted in almost every league that I was in, top 100 player this year. Uh, and yeah. Kuminga, top 90 player over the last 30 days. Um, so I, I just thought that those four were especially uh, interesting cases and probably going to show up on a lot of you know championship rosters. 
Yeah, and our alarm just went off, but I do want to close this out by saying I think one lesson there is follow the the, the lottery yeah. matters, right? Guys that go in the lottery, it matters. And we ignored Franz Wagner, I think was the number eight overall pick. We we largely overlooked that one, I guess, because Orlando seemed crowded at his position, but that was a mistake. And I think with Scotty Barnes, look more at the draft position and the, I guess, we we heard Nick Nurse talking him up early on, right? And I think with Scotty Barnes, the concern was, well, he didn't really put up numbers in college, so how's he going to do so in the pros? There are examples where that happens, and sometimes the college system keeps the guy's numbers in check more than his skill set. So Scotty Barnes, I think, is an interesting lesson as well. And yeah, he's he's just been fantastic all season long. Absolutely. All right, Zach, thanks for stopping by as always. I will uh, talk to you back here soon. Appreciate it, Matt. Have a good one, brother. Yeah, you too. All right, we have two writers down, two to go. First, we're going to take a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll Contest for a chance to win $50,000. We're highlighting matchups between the 76ers and Cavaliers, Nuggets and Wizards, and Lakers and Timberwolves. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. And as we're now on the brink of March Madness, we're on the the start of the NCAA tournament. It's Thursday. Thomas Casale is here to uh, help us get our bearings. Where do you want to start, Thomas? I think when we were talking offline, I'll say... You mentioned you thought this could be a pretty wild tournament, potentially some, a lot of underdogs winning. So maybe let's start there. Like, what are some matchups or some uh, underdogs you have your eyes on? Yeah, most of my top plays are all dogs. I mean, it just ended up turning out that way. I think uh, UAB Houston is a good game. Okay, uh, Houston to me, I know the metrics love them. I think they're a little overvalued. Their best win of the season came on Sunday against Memphis. Uh, the only other tournament team they beat all year was Bryant. So good team. Down a couple of players, Marcus right. Sasser injured during the year. We'll see. I just think UAB matches up really well with them. So I think there's a chance there. And in the same bracket, Chattanooga is a team I've been on since November. They have three players that can really play, you know, with anyone. Uh, they're a dangerous mid-major team. And Illinois is a team that I'm not in love with. They shoot way too many three-pointers for having a dominant guy in the paint like uh, Coburn. 
So I think they're on upset alert. And one I really like is Colgate, Wisconsin. Uh, I was anti-Colgate last year, thought they had a bad draw. This year I like their draw. Colgate's going to get beaten up on the boards, but Wisconsin doesn't rebound well. So I think they're both going to spread each other out. They're going to shoot threes and Colgate deadly from the three-point line. I think they have a chance for an upset. Yeah, Houston is such an interesting team, right? 29-5 and five record. As you said, the, the metrics love them. But Marcus Sasser, it's sounding like probably not going to be available, right? Even though, I don't know, I was searching around. It sounds like he's kind of leaving the door open to play, but sounds iffy at best. Yeah, I, he won't play this week. Yeah. So, you know, and again, this, they're a very good team, but... You know, you're looking at a UAB squad with Jelly Walker at guard who can really light it up, score. Mm -hmm. It's just a good matchup, I think. Uh, UAB rebounds well. If you don't rebound well against Houston, you might as well not even enter the arena because they'll kill you on the glass. So I think that's an area, too, where UAB can at least offset getting killed on the boards. You mentioned UAB. We talked about Houston, Illinois, and Chattanooga. I mean, a lot of people like Arizona to cut down the nets at the end of this, but it's worth noting that they have a kind of potentially tough draw there with those four teams lurking. Uh, what are your thoughts on Arizona's part of the bracket? They, they do have, and they have Tennessee in there. You know, that's uh, that matches up well with Arizona. I did take Arizona to win it all. Okay. Because in my opinion, when every team is playing their best, Arizona is the toughest to beat. Their offense, their movement, you know, their, their passing, it's really a thing of beauty. I think if that, if they played Gonzaga, it'd be a great game. But I think if they both brought their A game, Arizona has a little bit more offensively, especially at the guard position. So I would lean them. And a lot of people also like Gonzaga to win it all. But looking at the other one seeds, Baylor and Kansas, uh, Baylor has some injury concerns as well. So what's your outlook on them? Is it is it fair to call Baylor on paper the shakiest one seed? In the entire in the entire tournament, I think by far, and it's because of the injuries. The it's not the same team they were last year. You know, losing L.J. Cryer is bigger than uh, maybe some you know average of people picking the brackets might might uh-huh. know. But L.J. Cryer is a huge part of that team. You know, and then they they lost their big guy down low. So I think those injuries are going to catch up with them because they're just they're overall they're not nearly as strong as they were last season. And Cryer, we think, also is is pretty unlikely to appear at any point. Like, I don't know that he's officially been ruled out, but seems unlikely to play. But, he's been day-to-day for a right. month. So it's uh, it's one of those things is, you know, I'd be shocked if he played early. But I don't – they're going to have to – an interesting second-round matchup would be if North Carolina gets by Marquette. Baylor, North Carolina, mm-hmm. I think the Tar Heels might have a shot in that Oh, wow. Game. So Carolina, a an eight seed that could make a run – so you already mentioned Tennessee. What about some of the beyond the top seeds? You know, any two, three, four seeds you really like to make a deep run here of the, the higher seeded teams that aren't one seeds. Any that really stand out to you? Kentucky is the team for me. You know, they lost in the SEC tournament, and I think that's recency bias. I've heard a lot on Twitter mm-hmm. that Kentucky's overrated, this and that, and I keep saying. Are they going to play Tennessee again? Because Tennessee is a unique matchup. They match up really well with the Wildcats down low. And if you can't compete with Kentucky in the paint, you know, good luck. And they have guards, a Ty Ty Washington. You know, I know you do the NBA. That's that's a guy whose game you were mentioning stats in college to the NBA. Watch out for Ty Ty Washington. I think his game translates better to the pros. Filing that one away. Ty Ty Washington draft in fantasy. Making a note. 
We only have about 30 seconds left. What about Auburn? I mean, this is a team that was number one. Like, you know, they have a guy who could go number one in the NBA draft in Jabari Smith. What's their outlook to you as a number two seed in this tournament? Well, I'm hoping they win it all because I have Auburn seventy to one from oh, early right. in the season. You have the ticket. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're an, if you're if you're an Auburn fan or holding an Auburn ticket, root for Miami in that first game. USC okay. in the second round will give the Tigers a lot more trouble than Miami. Okay. Well, hey Thomas, our time just went up. That was great stuff. I think we actually packed a lot into that five minutes. We could easily talk here for ten or fifteen, but uh, unfortunately, that's not the way I formatted this particular Wednesday episode. So. We're out of time. Thank you, as always, for stopping by and look forward to seeing how this whole thing shakes out. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for coming. All right. Here to close it down is Jared Johnson. Jared, I think you uh, wanted to talk Indiana. Your mind is on Indiana. My mind is on Indiana. Yeah. Let's kind of start with Chris Duarte. Okay. He's been underwhelming as of late. Uh, last night, he just had five points on two of six yeah. shooting to go with a triple and three boards. Kind of meh. You know, he had that really impressive start to the season, but he hasn't, you know, I, it's just despite all these injuries, despite kind of massive opportunity, he hasn't really been getting it done over the second half, mm-hmm. which is not something I would expect from from a rookie of his caliber on on a team that's kind of tanking. Um, do you think that he can turn it around over these next few weeks and be a meaningful contributor in fantasy hoops for for these playoffs? Man, I'd like to think so. And it's just it's like you said, it's so frustrating because this is their first pick in the draft. This is a team that's going nowhere. We should be seeing him getting 35 minutes a game yeah. right now. But I think there's a couple of factors in play here. Number one, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald uh, are still going there, right? And dominating a lot of the sort of right backcourt action and then you also have Duarte's got parentheses toe next to his name every time we see it on NBC Sports Edge and I yeah. I don't know how much that's yeah. holding him back but it seems a little bit like either Rick Carlisle you know he hasn't been available so Rick Carlisle doesn't trust him to play him that much or he's limited by the injury so if I had to if I had to say yes or no I'd say no like he's kind of off my fantasy radar even though I I don't want that to be the case yeah yeah I think that's fair Interestingly, the the rookie who was selected much later, uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., has been in a nice groove over the past six games with mm-hmm. uh, 16 points, two boards, 1.3 dimes, two triples on 56.5% shooting. So that that's a guy. It's weird because you know you'd think that this is kind of what uh, Duarte would be doing, but instead it's uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. Right. So I think that that's kind of a guy that you could look to this week uh, if you just need a cheap source of uh, scoring and, and triples. He's a he's widely available, um, and and it, the schedule isn't the best, but they do have a matchup yeah. with Portland on Sunday, uh, so that could be a, a really nice opportunity for him to go off. If you have any comments on Dwayne Washington Jr. Well, he's doing it, by the way, despite the minutes being like often in the 18 to 24 range, which is interesting. And it, it's mostly points and threes, but he is he's pointsing and threesing pretty well lately. Yeah, so definitely. <laughs> and schedule wise, they played Tuesday and mm-hmm. then don't play again until Friday. But then two games in 
you know, the Friday to Sunday range. There's going to be a lot of guys who have Friday, Sunday this weekend. So he'd be yeah. lower on my list, but I think you, I think you may have already flagged as like a deep league thing that makes yeah. sense, especially since he's just 4% rostered in Yahoo. You exactly. are very likely yeah. to find him there if you're missing out on other guys and need points and threes. And sometimes we do. I mean, we talk about threes as being so readily available, but sometimes in a matchup, threes are what you need. Like threes sometimes just win it for you. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, uh, stream stream the stats that you need. Right. Uh, moving on to uh, New Orleans, I want to talk about this guy, Herb Jones, who's really, really, really impressed me this season. Um, he bounced back from a very mediocre game on Sunday last night with a line of 22 points, five boards, three triples, three steals, and two turnovers in 32 mm-hmm. minutes. I'm not exactly optimistic that Brandon Ingram is going to be back, quote unquote, soon. Uh, so I really think that Herb Jones can be a very meaningful contributor on fantasy teams during the fantasy playoffs right now. Um, You know, maybe he'll have some low scoring games here and there, uh, but he really does tend to get it done with the defensive stats. And he's been solid in four of his past five games. Uh, You kind of touched on this earlier, how you want to target lottery picks. And that's true for the most part. I write that column uh, to how meaningful do rookies have, uh, fantasy seasons this is just the third time over the past 18 years we've seen a second round pick have a meaningful fantasy season wow so i'm just so impressed by what i saw from him you know like i thought the guy was going to be trey murphy uh yeah with how hot he looked at summer league i guess this is just yet another example of how summer league kind of doesn't matter and by the way we talked schedule when it came to the pacers there is a glorious double double header coming up back to back of at Atlanta and at Charlotte for Herb Jones. Those are Oof. that is the Sunday Monday combo and that you cannot ask for a better matchup for a like a wing player than the Hawks or a guard for that yes. matter. They just yes. don't they just don't play defense like it, for long stretches. You know, I mean it, it just it's yeah. just the reality. Um they gave 128 to the Pacers the other day in a win like very forgiving. So you love that and even at Spurs. So Three games in four days coming up, too, starting on Friday. So got to like that, schedule-wise. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Jared, you're the last man here. You you have the last word. Do you have anything else you want to say? Our time is up, but before we go, anything, any any final thoughts? I hope that I beat you in our matchup this week. <laughs> um, yeah. But if I don't, uh, good luck in the finals, thanks, sir. Thanks. We're, in, we're, in, a we're ba- in the semis right now. We're in a battle. I got that 60-point game from Carl Anthony Towns, but... Oh, you did. It, <laughs> there's, you did. A, there's a couple... I'm vulnerable in a couple couple categories here, so it only takes a couple to flip it around. So I'm going to be sweating it out till the end. Most importantly, I'm I'm strongly rooting for you uh, in in our industry league where you you uh, you moved into the semis. You're one away from the finals. Uh, go Matt. Go team. Thank you. Roto World and Thank NBC I, Edge. Thank you. I just looking at that one. Speaking of streaming threes, I got to uh, I got to get to work there. I'm down seven threes, <laughs> and that's kind of the difference in the match right now. Jared, appreciate it, and that's going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. Raph and Steve will be here on Thursday as usual, and we're back on Friday to talk waiver wire pickups heading into the weekend. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live, and thanks to all of our writers, Ryan, uh, Steve. I said Ryan. He's late scratch. Steve, Zach. <laughs> Thomas, Jared, appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Adios. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.